0: Amen. Thank you, Pastor John. Hello, everybody. It's been a long time since I've seen everybody. Uh, You may have seen me on some of our kids' ministry videos, which I hope you've been able to watch. They've been fun to put together and a challenge, technically. But uh, praise God, I am learning things in leaps and bounds. Well, it's so good to be with you and to share with you this morning on Mother's Day. Mother's Day has uh many emotions sometimes for many of us some of it's sad some of it's happy some of it's joyous and i just hope that today in this message that i share with you that you're encouraged by the word of the lord and um, his life in you and that you can just keep on going you know recently in the last couple of months i've been encountering some things with my kids and uh one was it a pretty funny thing. I walked in and I did ask my son if I could share this story, but he said, hey mom, you're the BMW. And I'm like, okay, wait, he doesn't have a car yet. And I know it's natural for boys to name their cars. Um, but I was like, okay, what do you mean by that? And he's like, you're the best mom in the world. So he walks around and calls me his BMW, his Beamer. I'm like, I'm okay with that. So I'm, I'm blessed by my children. Even if we have our challenges, if we have our joys, our ups and our downs, those moments are just such a joy to me. And, you know, sometimes we try and teach our kids things, and I want to just share a couple memories that I have, um, at least one of my own and a couple I'm going to take from other people. Uh, My daughter, when she was about three years old, she a memory popped up on Facebook recently to remind me of this, which I'm grateful. There's some things about Facebook I'm grateful for, not everything. Uh, but she came and she, she, we heard her say screaming, Daddy, Daddy, come quick. There's a spider about to swallow my bed. And I looked at her and I'm like, well, how big is it? And she pinches her fingers and she goes, this big. You know, through the eyes of a child, things seem a lot different. And from that point on, my husband has been trying to teach my daughter to not fear spiders, but I'm pretty sure it's genetics, so sorry, honey. You keep on trying, but that fear kind of goes there. There's another one I read from somebody else about, they were trying to teach their daughter, that whining and begging doesn't get her anything she wants. She needs to make a logical argument. They say, now I live with a 12-year-old lawyer who is really good at making me change my mind on house rules. The next one is this, that I taught my kids to stand up for what they believe in. That's a good one, isn't it? Good thing to teach your kids, moms. But all of a the sudden, they believed that veggies were the devil and that bedtimes should be abolished. So, you know, sometimes we have moments where we're failing and sometimes we're succeeding, but we got to keep on going. You know, uh, I don't know if about you, about if you like reading books about motherhood. Things seem to encourage me sometimes, and sometimes I'm not sure about the books, but I came across some titles uh, that I thought were kind of funny about some books. I haven't read these ones, so I can't tell you what's in them. One of them said, The Things I Wish I'd Known Before We Became Parents. That title, I think, might be a little too late. (laughs) Um, The next one was All Joy and No Fun. That one's an interesting title to me, so I'm like, well, wait a minute, it's joyous, and it's fun, something I teach my kids is that if they're not having fun, they're breaking rule number one. So then when they're arguing, or they're getting into tiffs and fights and arguments, or they're hurting each other, I'm like, are you having fun? They're like, no. I'm like, well, you're breaking my first rule. So I'm not sure I'd read that book. But anyways, maybe you have. The next one was A, the A to Z of therapeutic parenting. I'm not certain how therapeutic and parenting go together unless you need therapy, which sometimes I feel that way. I don't know about you. Uh, the other one was a dangerous detours in, in parenting, and I think I've already been there, done that. And the last one I saw that just kind of made me laugh was, it's not supposed to be this way. I don't know. I had expectations going into being a parent and a mom. I work with kids for a long time, and uh, I was, wait a minute, I don't think it's supposed to go this way. So that leads me to this, is sometimes we get into situations as a parent. And we don't know what to do. Or we find ourselves in a moment where we're struggling. We feel empty. We can't find the answer. Motherhood can be an opportunity to put our kids' hands in the hand of God or a generation into the hand of God. It's an opportunity for us. But we can find ourselves in a place where we just don't know what to do. And so this morning I want to talk to you about going from barrenness To break through. God wants to take those barren places in your life and in my life and cause us to break through. So I hope that you will stay with me this morning and that you will hear what God is speaking. And I want to go into the book of Hannah. This is this story has really encouraged me because these are things that God is working in me currently, in this moment and in this hour. And when I read Hannah, I'm so encouraged by her ability to. In barrenness, still desire the purpose of God. And in her barrenness, begin to pray. Those things are not always easy when you're feeling at a loss. How many of you here had asked for a child? Maybe you said, I want a baby, God. I, I want to have this. I want to have a kid. Some of you had an oops. I was an oops baby to my parents. <laughs> but whether or not your child was an oops or you asked for them, They come in these amazing little packages like um, puzzles. Now, during this COVID lockdown, I've been puzzling. And uh, I started off with some 750 puzzles. Not too bad. took me a couple days. My family would start off helping me. And then the next time I was like, okay, let me do a little bit more. I went up to a 1,000-piece puzzle. Ah, That was pretty good. And then my brother-in-law, Joel, shout out to Joel, decided to bring me a 2,000-piece puzzle. And he's like, good luck. So it took me 10 days of puzzling to do this. My family kind of gave up. It was a beautiful puzzle at the end, uh, sometimes frustrating. I would get to these moments, and I finally would text them. I'm like, I'm, I promise you there's a piece missing. And my sister-in-law texted me back, and she says, you think there was? What Wasn't there? But there's not. They're all there, because I couldn't find it. I spent days looking for just even one piece. I'm like, where is that piece? It's And I would line up all the pieces just so I'd do the matching shapes and lines. I know I get a little fanatic here, but I was like, I need to finish this puzzle. Um, But sometimes there's just that missing piece that we cannot locate. But can you imagine putting together a puzzle without the picture? Well, I'll tell you what, God has the picture. He's got the full picture for you, for your children, for your life, for the next generation. He's got a picture in mind of what it's going to look like. And we have to reach out and say, God, there's that piece there. And even when we doubt that the, these pieces are going to miss, and we're never going to find it, we still have to break through. There's got to be a breakthrough. We got to find the answer, right? So, what are you asking for this morning? What are you desiring? Hannah desired something of the Lord, and I don't know what you're asking for. Maybe there's. A moment in your in your children, they're having sleepless nights, they're throwing tantrums, maybe they are in rebellion, maybe they're just running away from you, they're not listening to you. I've had many of those moments. Maybe something you're asking for is for yourself. Your dream, your ministry that God is stirring up in your heart that just seems to be on hold. Maybe you're meeting with obstacles and circumstances that seem to weigh you down. And you just can't seem to get through. The Bible says in 2 Peter, verses 1 and 3, As his divine power has given to us all things. I want you to say that out loud. Say all things. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Has God promised you something? Well, don't give up. Even if you cannot see the answer, cannot see how it's going to happen, don't give up. God wants us to be a partaker of his divine nature. So let's, let's start looking into Hannah this morning, if you would. With me. If you want to turn to your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 1, and we're going to start off in verse 2. Now, many of you are familiar with this story, so I hope you're able to dig a little deeper into it with me this morning. But Hannah had a desire to have a child, and this is her story. She had a husband named Elkanah, and in verse 2, we're going to start here. And he had two wives. Now, I don't recommend this. This is something I would not do. whole other topic here. Uh, The name of one was Hannah, and the other's name was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb." And her revive, revival also provoked her, her rival sorry, not revival Her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable, miserable, because the Lord had closed her womb. Now I want to ask you this question: When God is wanting to do something in you, what is our response? In your time of barrenness, wherever it comes from, what is your response? God wants to take a negative, what feels like a negative circumstance and situation, and turn it to a positive. In barrenness, it's a process in life where we're, not a, we're unfruitful, we're empty, something's meaningless, we don't, we're not finding value there. We may not find value in the things that God is putting into our hand and into this moment in life. Maybe we can't see the bridge between where we are and where God wants us to be. These are our barren places. I can't always answer the why. And I think sometimes we get stuck on the why, God. Why this in my life? But barrenness can be a time that we can glorify the Lord. And we can turn to him. He wants to turn a negative to a positive. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9-10, through 10, it says this, Concerning Paul's thorn in the flesh. This is what he's talking about. I have a thorn in my flesh. And the Lord says to him, my strength, God says, my strength is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I know most of us do not like to be weak. We want to be strong, and we want to show other people, we got this, right? But then Paul says, therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon you. See, God has a purpose. He wants his power to work in and through our lives for the sake of our children, for the sake of a generation. If they can't see it in us, what hope do they have? What hope do they turn to? Paul says, I delight in my weakness and insults and hardships. I don't know if I'm there yet that I totally delight in these things. But I'm saying, God, I want you to use these impossible situations where I can't see. And I want to see from your perspective. I want to see what you're seeing because I don't see it. It's like that missing puzzle. piece. I I don't know where it is, but someone's telling me the peace is there. God is saying the peace is there. God gives us a promise in Isaiah 54, verse 1. He says, Sing, O barren, you that did not bear. Break into singing. More are the children of the desolate than that of the married woman. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtain of your dwelling and do not spare. Lengthen your cords and your descendants will inherit the nations. God has got a purpose beyond what we can see. I may be in this moment of mothering my children and helping them grow in the Lord, but it's beyond me. There is a purpose beyond my parenting them. There's a purpose in them to affect a generation. If you're not even a parent, there's a purpose in you to affect a generation. What has God put in your hand? Is he put you in a difficult situation? Well, I'll tell you what, I put my children in difficult situations all the time. I'm, I'm mean sometimes, I'll be honest. You can ask them. Don't answer out loud, children. I love you. Okay, but God will rebuke me. I don't know about you. He will draw me out. He will pull me out of those hard places because there's something in me he wants to draw out for a generation to see. I'm going to tell one more story on my son. I love him dearly. Yesterday, I don't know if it was just Mother's Day, but he walked in, where I was, and he says, Mom, I look up to you. So I was joking with him. I'm like, oh, you look up to me? Like you're looking up in my eyes because you're shorter than me still? That's not going to be very long. Then he's going to be taller than me. He starts laughing. He's like, no, I look up to you. I said, well, tell me, tell me why. And he said, well, you know, I want to be like Dad in personality. Awesome. So, but I want to be like you in your strength and your firmness. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Okay, that's a, I guess it's a good thing. <laughs> I can be strong. It's a good thing that I can hold firm to what God is saying, and he sees it. I might cry this morning. Some things just make me really emotional. I thank the Lord for my children and their blessing to me. But I can sing in my barren place and say, God, there's a purpose. I'm reaching for it in my kids. I'm reaching for it in a generation. There is something beyond what we can, we can see You know, our culture kind of says, oh, have the American dream, have your house and dog and two children, what is it, 2.1, I don't know how they say it, I don't know what the point means, 0.1 children, anyways, um, have this dream, but sometimes we get stuck in this small little dream, and God wants to expand our dream and our vision and our desire, right? See, expanding your desire a little bit this morning, I hope so, now, I want to tell you a story, I love stories, this is one of my favorite Bible illustrations that I've heard over the years. Mm -hmm. I didn't make it up, it's from somebody else. Um, This is about a donkey. I have a fondness of donkeys because I had two of them, or my dad had two of them, and I got to kind of enjoy them. (laughs) Uh, But this is a story about a donkey. Uh, So one day, a farmer's donkey fell into a well. The animal cried piteously for hours as the farmer tried to figure out what to do. Finally, he decided the animal was old and the well needed to be covered up anyway. It just wasn't worth it to retrieve the donkey. I want to say, you are worth it this morning. This isn't the part of the story I want you to listen to. He invited all his neighbors to come over and help him, and they all grabbed a shovel and began to shovel dirt into the well. At first, the donkey realized what was happening and cried horribly. Then, to everyone's amazement, he quieted down, and a few shovel loads later, the farmer finally looked down into the well. He was astonished at what he saw with each shovel of dirt that hit his back. The donkey was doing something amazing. He would shake it off and take a step up. As the farmer's neighbors continued to shovel dirt on top of the animal, he would shake it off and step up. And pretty soon, too, everyone was amazed that the donkey stepped up and over the edge of the well, and he happily trotted off. Now, when life throws things at you, good, bad, no matter where it comes from, do we allow it to give us the next step towards God's purpose, or do we let it bury us? Circumstances have the ability to bury you or to lift you up. You know, the answer for this, I know this is a fable, this is not a true story, but it gives us a perspective of the answer for this donkey came inside the well right. he had the answers before he saw the purpose and walked in it he had the answers i got to shake this off you know when you're sitting down in a chair or you're sitting down you can't shake things off very well if you got something on you, you know, it's like my kids at the dinner table and they're eating and they stand up and all of a sudden everything falls off <laughs> and we got to clean the floor up got a lot more of that going on since we're home all the time uh, but you can shake things off better when you're standing up. God wants you to stand up. He wants to get you out of that barren place. But we got to let the barren place be something that causes us to be better and to get to the breakthrough. We have to sing in that barren place. Sing, O barren! God wants us to break forth on the right hand and on the left. First Samuel. Let's go back to First Samuel. Verses 7 and 8, it says this. So it was year by year when they went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. And they're talking about Penina provoking Hannah. Therefore, she, Hannah, wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, said to Hannah, Why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Now, these two verses are, you've got somebody who's teasing her, someone who's provoking her, someone who's not seeing what God is doing, and she's getting, this is, it would be frustrating. It's really frustrating. So these are things that Hannah faced when she was met with a teasing and an adversary made her fret, made her just sore. That she, she just was like, wait a minute. I, just because I'm in this barren place, you're causing me to be anguish Now, the devil wants us to be in anguish and wants us to turn our attention to something else other than God's purpose. And that's where we allow things to bury us. People's words can bury us. People's opinions. Now, what about this? Hannah also faces that God had shut the door. Do you know that God can shut a door, but he can also open it? But when the door is shut and we can't see, what do we do? When my kids are being stubborn, (laughs) they never are stubborn, right? Kids, they love me, right? They're like, "Mm, "Hi, mom." They're just smiling at me. (laughs) I wish you could see their faces. When they get stubborn, when they're like, "I don't want," "I'm not going to move from this position," how do you respond? When there's cultural pressures in this day and age, for Hannah, the cultural pressure to have a child it was seen as a really negative thing when you didn't have a child. You as a child, they were your to receive the inheritance, they were supposed to help your family, and so culturally she had pressure. I know around here we go, well, pressure to get married, and then when you get married, like the moment you get married, it's like pressure to have children, and then when you have a child, there's pressure to have another child, and it's just, there's a lot of cultural pressures. Now for me, in this season, in my life, I've had my children, and I've said I've done, but there's pressures, cultural pressures, and I'll tell you one specifically for my life is I did not realize how challenging it would be to stay home. Now, a lot of people look at me as somebody who's strong and teaching and good with kids and uh, I got this. And, but it's a cultural pressure to be like, for myself to realize, wait a minute, what if I fail at this? What is everybody going to think? What if I can't do it? This starts to turn me to my reliance on the Lord for everything that I need even when I fail cultural pressures can bury us and derail us from what God has. But you know, Hannah was also met with a little bit of love from her husband. Shout out to the husbands this morning. Elkanah gave her a double portion and tried to encourage her, honey, aren't I better to you than 10 cents? No, husbands, I love you. You're great. Keep encouraging your wife when she is in the most difficult moment of her life, trying to have some breakthrough and face impossible situations. Give her a double portion of food. I don't know. Maybe that's not the answer. I think that's having trouble with some of us too much eating. Ours was Rice Krispies, but my husband doesn't make that yet, but he's maybe someday he will. Anyway, so you can feed them. You can encourage them. Just don't give up on them, husbands. Amen? Amen. I can hear you from there. Okay. Uh, so where does our desire turn us? The donkey in this story, again, I love donkeys. I had one was, I, We had one that his name was JJ. The other's name was Jenny. JJ was particularly funny in that we would take him on um, horseback. We had horses as well, so we'd take it, saddle him up, but no one would sit on him. And we'd take him on these trails and stuff, and he would stop and eat some grass, but he always had to be first. It was really odd. And he, he would run, even if this trail was really skinny. And as a kid, riding on this big horse, when... Another animal comes pushing your animal over to the side of what seems to be like a very large cliff. Um, he just pushed his way up to the front. He didn't care about anybody else. Another the time, I was feeding one of our horses, and my dad just started screaming because our, my donkey, JJ, was jealous that I was feeding the horse and decided to kick with his hind legs right at my back. He came within the, like less than an inch of my back, and he, almost, he started moving closer to do it again until my dad shoved him away. It's pretty stubborn. Pretty stubborn animals. Now, I might compare a little bit this morning to stubbornness, but the donkey in our story had some responses. If you remember the donkey in the well, here he began to cry, and Hannah had some responses in her life. She cried. She uh, went to church, and she prayed. Now, when she cried, I don't know about you. I've cried a lot in the last number of weeks. <laughs> Maybe you haven't. That's awesome. Maybe you need to give me a phone call. I've cried a lot. You know, donkeys, when they cry, I had to look this up because I thought, I've, my donkey used to bray when my dad's truck would come or his Jeep would come around, and he'd run to the fence, and you could hear him. And he would just run, and he'd just start braying like, with excitement. It was pretty amazing. But donkey, it says that a donkey's bray which usually typically lasts about 20 seconds. So if you've heard me cry from my house, standing on my driveway, you might have heard me. It says that you can hear them from over two miles away. That's a long, long distance. But it says so that they may keep in contact with other donkeys over wide spaces. So the social distancing thing does not have to keep us from other people knowing what's going on in our lives. She cried out. The donkey cried out. Hannah cried out. Sometimes we just need to cry out, God, God. What are you doing? What is going on? She also went to church. Now, I know we physically cannot go to church and be together yet. Yet, we're gonna be there, right? Soon, amen. Um, but she removed herself. She went from one place where she was being kind of tormented by Penina and her family, and she went to church. She didn't let her emotions, Now I wanna say this very carefully, Sometimes we let our emotions dictate our responses. They dictate how we handle them, what we're going to do, where we're going to go. Maybe it's, I think I'm going to stay home today. Maybe I'm afraid of what everybody else is going to think of me if they see that I'm a mess. Um, And we start to hide. Donkeys have this ability. And their notorious reputation for stubbornness. And it says this. I didn't write this, but it says this. But this has been attributed to a much stronger sense of self-preservation. So do we allow self-preservation to keep us from changing and to keep us from approaching God? That's a question for you this morning. But I'll tell you what, the church is not a building. The church is people. So keep in relationship because that's what's going to make you stronger. That's what's going to help you. Letting people see your mess. It's okay to let people help you. It's okay to cry out. And the last thing that Hannah did, she prayed. She had confidence in God. She kept putting her confidence in God. It's a challenge sometimes. And a donkey here says, once a person has earned their confidence, they will be willing and companions and partners and dependable workers. But I think we as a people have lost our confidence in the Lord. And we need to put it back where it belongs. And that can happen in the pit. That can happen in our barrenness if we let God in. I want to tell you a personal, another personal story of me during this time that I have been crying out to the Lord. It's, it's not, I tell you friends, it is home. I'm not calling it homeschooling. I'm calling it home-based learning because I'm doing someone else's implementing here, (laughs) but it has been challenging I have been in tears, my, some of my kids have been in tears in moments, emotions are high and low, and I just started praying, I'm like, God, I need your answer, but I need the right answer, I don't need just any answer, I don't need just this to just go away, I need your answer for my child in this moment, so these emotions, and so he, they can stand strong, and so I began to pray, and I, I talked, started talking to my husband, I'm like, we, we need an answer, and this, I, need, I need someone else to step in in some of these situations, I need help but I need the right person. I don't just want things to just change and try and change this. I can change every format I want. I can give them points. I can make give them desserts and I can give them treats and rewards. I can do all these things, but some things just are not working. But the moment I began to pray and we got, I got into a little moment of frustration and just in tears and I looked at my, my kid and I said, here's what I'm doing. I'm praying. I started to begin to tell them, here's what I'm doing in my moment of barrenness where I cannot find the answer. I am praying to God for an answer. And they looked at me and said, why? Good question. I answered them. I said, because God is the one who gives me peace and I want him to do the same for you. I want to teach you that I am relying on him for your life, for our sakes, for the sake of what's ahead. And they were like, okay. And guess what? The next day, we got an answer from the Lord and the right person. I won't get into all the details for the sake of time. But the next day, we got an incredible answer. And my kid was like, wow, Mom, God answered our prayers. Isn't that incredible that the moment I bring them into the process, I show them where I am. I may be down here struggling in the pit, but I'm going to shake this off, and I'm going to dig in and say, God, there's a purpose in this that you have to make us stronger. We want to shake this stuff off, get your answer. We're going to step up, and the next time a situation comes in my kid's life or my life, I'm going to show them that I'm going to shake it off, and I'm going to use it to step up into the purpose of God and move forward in this generation. Amen. I hope you're still with me this morning. Man, mom life can throw you. You may feel like you want to throw in a towel. You might get irritable, uncertain. If you're messing up your kids for life, I have those mom fail moments. I'm like, dear Lord, I don't want to screw them up for the rest of our life. Occasionally, I lock myself in the bathroom for a few moments of peace and regrouping. I don't know if the bathroom is your place where you lock yourself in, but it was mine. Time to pray. God has answers. So Hannah had to go beyond her own desire. She had to begin to get a hold of what God's desire is. Beyond my parenting and what I want for my kids is a desire of the Lord. Hannah had to do that with Samuel. She had to see that God had a greater purpose than her just having a kid. There was a purpose in a generation. He was to be the bridge between the judges and the kings. He was going to be the voice, a prophetic voice to a generation. Where the word of God, the word of the Lord was rare. Is the word of the Lord rare in your home? Well, bring, come on, bring in the prophetic voice. Let God speak. Let God show you what he wants to do. Let his desire become your desire, because it's not just about you and having kids. So, the next thing I want to see here, I want you to see here in the story of Hannah is in verse 10. And it says, and she was in bitterness of soul when she prayed. (laughs) Now, hear me clearly this morning. It says we can get bitter or we can get better. But I wanted to tell you something about her bitterness here. Her bitterness was not towards Penina. Her bitterness was not towards her husband. Her bitterness wasn't even towards the Lord. She was just in bitterness of soul. The desire in her turned her to prayer. The desire in her, the barrenness in her turned her to travail. Have you ever travailed for something before? If you haven't, start now. Let the bitterness not betray your trust in the Lord. Don't let it betray who he is in your life. Turn it to travail. Turn it to prayer. See beyond the moment. See beyond. You've got to start looking at your kids the way God sees them. I'll tell you what. If your child has a fiery side, instead of putting the fire out, something I have learned is show them. Tell them, God gave you a fire for a reason. It's not for this, but it's for a purpose, and it's for a reason. And he's got a fire in you. Teach them that God has put something in them for his glory and his purpose. If your child is quiet and kind of withdrawn, instead of letting them go and be by themselves and keep to themselves, draw out those deep wells that are inside of them and show them the purpose for which God has given them a meek and quiet spirit. There's things that we can do as a parent to take the tools that God is showing us in our children, and we say, here, this is what God has created you for. Hannah had the ability to say, God, if you give me this child, I'm going to give them back to you. They don't belong to us. This next generation doesn't belong to us. This is something that is so dear in my heart We recently. God just said, Carolyn, you need to be a mother to generations. It's not just about my kids. There's a generation coming that needs to see the prevailing power of God. They need to see how we pray. They need to see the miracle of God's working in and through our lives. So Hannah's prayer was her ability to see beyond what is here and now, and she needed to get specific. Friends, we need to be specific. Sometimes we just say, God, bless my work. Bless my kids. (laughs) But we're not being very specific. I think it's because we have a lack of faith for specific, you know, sometimes we'll say, okay, God, like I used to do special events and sometimes I say, okay, God, I want a hundred kids to show up. You know, I put a number out there. I'm kind of afraid. You get kind of afraid. Should I ask for that, a number? Should I give him a number for how much I need to raise? Should I give him a specific thing I want done? Because we're afraid to ask. But what does the Bible say he will do abundantly, exceedingly above all we can ask or think? So I'm never surprised when there's, Not just 100. Not the exact amount I ask. There's usually a few more. Because God's just saying, hey, look, when you ask me for something, I'm going to do it more than what you asked for. He's so faithful that way. In Matthew chapter 20, verses 30 through 34, it says that there were two blind men that were asking God. They said, God, have mercy on us. Now, that can mean a lot of things. Ever played the game of Mercy. I used to have a cousin who was double jointed. and we played mercy. And I, his hands would just go all the way back to his wrist. I could never win. The only way I could win is i squeezed squeeze my fingers together. And otherwise, I would just have to cry out for mercy. Please stop. Please stop. Okay. I don't know where I got that from. Okay, anyways, bunny trail. Matthew chapter 20, they said, the blind man says, have mercy on us, O Lord. And Jesus answered them back and says, what do you want me to do for you? What is it you want me to do? And said that our eyes would be opened. So Jesus touched their eyes and healed them. So you have to be specific. God, in your place of balance, what is the specific thing you're asking God to do? When I was first working with children in preschool, there was a moment where I had, I started asking God for patience, because sometimes it was challenging to work with three-year-olds. Yeah, And I asked God for patience, but then I realized God would put me in positions where I needed patience. So I thought maybe I should change my prayer. (laughs) Start praying for something else. God, give me wisdom when this child's doing this. And so The Lord would start giving me wisdom and giving me some fun things. I had this kid who was always making really loud noises. And I have, you can even ask my husband, we're in the car and we're listening to music. And there's a certain tone that goes up. I'm like, "Yeah, turn it down. And he knows exactly when that is. Um, So there's this kid who just, he would make noises all the time. And day after day, I just i constantly got to, you got to quiet down, son. Just kind of come just a little bit down on this level. You know, there's a lot of other people in this room right here. It was funny because one time we were outside and he was doing this, he was acting like a garbage truck. He can make sounds like I just, I wouldn't even know if it was real or not if I wasn't looking at him. And he'd be race cars and so I just said, I just looked at him and his name was Delano. I said, Delano, look at me. And he just stopped and he froze. And I just smiled and I went like this. And I turned the, I just pretended there was a knob. Turned the volume down, didn't say anything. And I sat back and he just started smiling and he started to whisper and make the sounds really quiet. I'm like, ah! God, you gave me a tool to reach this, this next generation. Volume control. There we go. And God can give us creative ways and tools. But we sometimes just need to be very specific. Each season, I feel like God is, is teaching me and giving me tools, new ways to pray. It was different when my kids were toddlers. It's different now that they're in the almost tweener stage. And then I'm sure I'm going to be on my knees even more when they're teenagers. So, Lord, Yes. Just say yes to the Lord. A few more things for you this morning. In Second Peter, verses 1, 5 through 8, it says, Give all diligence to add to your faith virtue, and virtue knowledge, and self-control. Perseverance, add to your perseverance, sorry, I'm going to say this wrong. godliness, and then add to your godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. If these things abound, that is an action where if they are bound in you, if they increase, our increase in your life. So what is increasing in your life? I have that question for you. What is increasing? Are you letting the, the circumstances of the word increase, let you be increased, let you step up and step out? Or are you letting it bury you? But it says, if you let these things increase, if you abound in these things, it continues to say, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful. We get to come out of our barren state in the knowledge of the Lord because we're letting these things abound in us. Amen. God is so good. He doesn't want us to be buried in our faith, in our prayers, and our lives. He wants us to travail and take us to this next place. It starts with me right here. And my prayer is this. Say, God, turn me upside down until it becomes we. Turn me upside down. I don't want to be me anymore. I want to have what you want. So turn me upside down. Take my life. John 17 when Jesus was going, to, going to, about to go to the cross, he prays, he says, God, all mine are yours, and all yours are mine, and I am glorified. And then that was what God wants in us through our kids and through the next generation. They don't belong to us. Hannah was able to say, God, I give it back to you. I can't imagine this part of this story. This part is just so unreal to me sometimes, but it's so encouraging in the aspect of she gave him back to the Lord. She said, God, when he is weaned, if you give me, she was specific, God, if you give me a male child, I will give him back to you. I will not let a razor touch his head. And I will give him back to you all the days of life. After he was weaned. Now, can you imagine weaning your child and then giving him to somebody else and only seeing him a couple times a year? That's saying, God, I know what's, what's yours. I know that these children, I know that this next generation belongs to you. So Hannah glorified God. To finish up here this morning, there's a quote I want to read to you from A.W. Tozer. It says, God is looking for people through whom to do the the impossible. What a pity we plan to only, to do only the things that we can do by ourselves. God wants us to rely on him. I don't know where you're at this morning, maybe have the worship team come back up for just a little bit, but God wants to release his spirit into the barren places of our lives. Maybe you're feeling buried, you're feeling a mess, maybe you're walking in a time of testing. Or you feel like there's a trial that you're going through. Maybe you even feel like you're a victim right now of something. Let God bring breakthrough in your barrenness. Let him bring breakthrough in your circumstances. When Hannah received the answer, and she was at the house of the Lord, and God gave her the answer through Eli the priest, and he said, go in peace. God's given you what you've asked of him. She shook it off, and she, she went on. She got up. It says, so the woman went her way. She ate. Her countenance changed. It was no more sad. And they rose up, and they worshiped God. Are you going to worship him in your pit? Are you going to allow him to take the negative, the hard things, even if the hard things and the neg- what seems to be negative? Are you going to let those situations cause you to grow and step out? God wants to take your mess and turn it into a message. He wants to take your test and turn it into a testimony. He wants to take your trial and turn it into a triumph. He wants to turn you from being a victim to being a victor, but you just got to allow him to bring that breakthrough in your life. Allow him, allow him into that hard place, the place where you just can't see all the pieces. So do me a favor, if you can stand where you are in your home, just stand up for a moment. Sometimes we just need to get in a different position from where we are. And I want you to just close your eyes and just be in the presence of the Lord for a moment. If you need to take your spouse's hand, your kid's hand, whoever's there with you, if you have no one there with you, just lift your hand to Jesus. I want you to just begin to pray. And I want to pray for you this morning. God, thank you that you are turning things around. Impossible situations are not impossible with you, they are possible. We thank you that you are a God of impossibilities. You have breakthrough in the barren places of our lives, God, and I pray that you would bring breakthrough in the family's lives, whether it be their children, whether it be in their marriage, whether it be in the people around them, that the things that they are going through, you bring breakthrough, God. God, I pray you bring breakthrough in this generation. Breakthrough in this generation where they can see the possibilities, where they can see the miracle power of God, where young people will begin to walk as a prophetic generation, declaring your purpose, declaring who you are. But God, it starts with us. So we pray, God, turn us upside down so that we can see what you are doing. So we can see from your perspective, what your purpose is in this generation, because it's not about us anymore. It's about what you want to do. So God, we want to see what you want to do. We want to see the healing and the miracles, and all that you have in store. Father, we thank you for turning things around. Even now, I believe you, God, that you are changing situations. You are causing people to step out of a barren place. I can't wait to hear the testimonies, Lord, of what you are doing and what you have done. That no matter how hard it gets, you are doing something in us. So you be the glory, God. To you be all the honor and the glory, even in the barren places of our life. We want you to be glorified, God. Help us not to turn bitter. Help us not to turn in anger and frustration, but let those frustrations build us up in who you have called us to be. We are called to be mothers and parents to a generation that hasn't heard your voice before. We are called to take people in their messes and show them that you want to turn it for a message and a testimony for your glory. You have strength for somebody who's in a weak place, who's struggling with addiction. You have got a victory for them to step out of that place of addiction. Oh Lord, I thank you for even marriages now, that you have something better than what they've seen before. Marriage that are struggling, people that are can't even get along, but Father, you are turning it around for your glory. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the opportunity to share your heart with your people this morning, God. This morning, I do believe that there's some of you who feel buried. Maybe some of you who are watching, and you do not know God. But you're saying, yes, I feel this. I feel that I'm a mess. I'm in a trial. I'm in a tough spot. God has an answer for you. It's exchanging his life for your life. Let him turn you upside down and become a we. Do it together. It's much better when you can do it together. I'm going to ask my husband to come and pray with me this morning to pray for salvation and to pray for this generation. If you have a need and you want to turn your life around, I'm going to ask him to pray with us this morning. Would you do that for us?
1: If you're watching this morning, I want you to know something. God loves you. Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, but he demonstrates his love to us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You might feel like a failure. You might feel like you've messed up your life and there's no hope for you, but I wanted to tell you this morning that there is hope for you in Jesus Christ. The Bible says if we will confess with our our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead we will be saved we've all sinned we've all come short of the glory of God but Jesus became our sacrifice the Lamb of God that was slain for the sin of the world He was slain for our sin he made the He's paid the price so that you might have forgiveness of sins for that you might have newness of life that you might walk with him that you might know jesus and the perfect love maybe you came from a Family background that was broken and, and, and dysfunctional, and you say, I don't know, even know what love is, but let God this morning reveal His perfect love to you. And that perfect love was demonstrated on the cross of Jesus Christ as He put His arms out there, as His, as His hands were pierced, as His feet were pierced, as He suffered for you. The Bible says He was pierced for our transgressions, He was beaten for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace came upon him and by his stripes we are healed. That's what Jesus wants for you. He wants restoration and healing in your life this morning. Maybe maybe you're hearing this message about motherhood and you say, I've been a complete failure. God can turn it around. God can turn it around in this minute if you will put your faith and trust in him. So if that's you, if you say... Pastor, I don't know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I have not believed on Him. I want you to pray with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I, th- I know that I've sinned and I'm in need of Your mercy and Your grace this morning. And I receive Your forgiveness of sins that You've purchased for me. I repent, I turn from my sin and I turn to you. I put my faith and my trust in you, Jesus. I want to live for you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come in and out to my life. I want to live for you. I ask that you would lead me that you would guide me into all truth that you would empower me to live an overcoming life for your glory for your honor and for your praise in Jesus name amen amen God is good he loves you he loves you and if you prayed that prayer and the Holy Spirit comes into your life the Bible says that you're born again you are born again You have a new life in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. All things are made new in him. Amen. That is good news. It's too good to be true news. Lord, we thank you for every person this morning. Just hold my hand, baby. We thank you for every mother, and we bless them. We bless them. We bless every mom. And we declare over you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Lord, I just pray your blessings on every mom. Lord, this is a difficult season and for many mothers this has been a challenge and a trial and there's been much anxiety and stress and Father, we just release right now the peace of God that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, may it guard their hearts and minds. Amen. Be blessed.